where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I'm your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Dan Hornstein. If you haven't heard us before, this is a podcast that is a music-based podcast for anyone who enjoys music. On this podcast, I want to see. I wanted to see how many times I could say podcast in this just one paragraph, and so I made it to four. So I'm happy now. Uh, <laughs> Dan and I each pick an album for the week. We listen to it, and then we come together, give a brief bio of the artist, and then discuss why we picked them. And then we have a conversation about it. And then, you know, we beg for listeners to give us input, which Mm -hmm. few people have, but not enough of you do. So please get on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21. And I know you out there are listening because people keep following me and I have no idea who you are. That's badass. And Dan, what's your Instagram? You can find me on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. Or you can send us an email, that archaic form of communication, on a uh, wearpod at gmail.com. So, real quick before we get into the music, uh, we want to welcome, we have another guest this week. Hey guys, how's it it going? Oh, that was real loud. Turning that down. Fleschner. Uh, it's Fleischner. Fleischner, okay. I was right the first go around. Okay, good. Yes. Fleischner, yeah. So, Dan, Sniggles, what'd you pick this it, week? It means butcher right. in German. It means butcher? Yeah, it's brutal. Oh, I do know that. You know how I know that? Uh, the movie Green Room. Did you see Green Room? No. I don't think I've seen it yet. Okay, first of all, watch that movie. It's fucking incredible. It's on Netflix. It is, it's a movie about a punk band mm-hmm. that goes to play a show and they get there and it's like a, it's like a full on white supremacist group that they're playing. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes a horror movie, like a total horror thriller. And I won't tell you anything about it because it's absolutely just like a fantastic treat. Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard oh, is yeah. the villain in it. He plays like what? the main Ex- Ex- yeah. Xavier. Yes, it depends on how you know him. Yeah. yeah, Professor X. <laughs> it is. Uh, well, so okay, I, so the, I was actually in that movie to... with all the Nazis. Yeah, that was me. Were you, you were, <laughs> <laughs> but you were like the good one. You were like the one like, in the extra. It's like I don't think this is a good idea, guys. Yeah, I was. I was the most <laughs> lovable Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and with that, I am just going to dive right into Sniggles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what'd you pick? Oddly Dan? enough, I picked an Austrian band. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> for this week's Sniggles. So, the song I picked is a song called Ghost Keeper mm-hmm. by, I, I, I really don't know how to pronounce this band's name. Uh, it, it looks like it should be pronounced Carrie Russell, but it's, it's like. Clang Clang Russell. Yeah. Uh, say it again. Clang Russell. There you go. And uh, as as I don't know a whole lot about this band, that but I looked them up. They're an Austrian music duo formed in 2011. They do a lot of electronic music. I heard this song at Liberty Station before an open mic that I was just hanging out and it came on in the bar and. About halfway through the song, I'm listening to it. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. I really, I like the sound of this. I like the vibe that it's given. So I shazammed it. It came up. 
I listened to it like once or twice more. And I thought, yes, this got to be on the podcast. Um, I specifically picked this song for this week uh, for two reasons. Number one, it was new to me. But number two, um, this is a very Dan heavy week of music. It's a lot of stuff that I really (laughs) love. And I didn't know how Mark was going to feel about it. And I know that Mark's big into like chill electronic music. I was really hoping that you might dig this song, Mark. So I'll kick it over to you. Uh, and I, I want to get your thoughts. What did you think about the the track? So I never heard of these guys before, and I'm not even kidding. Ten seconds into it, I had downloaded it onto my phone, mm-hmm. and it was already on my playlists. <laughs> I was like, it goes on these two playlists, and nice. this is amazing. Oh, I, it's everything I like about electronic music. It's got a good groove to it. It's chill. It's very just ethereal and out. It's it's. It sounds like old, I should say, old, maybe from like 10, 15 years ago, like Dead Mouse and Cascade, the Canadian and uh, American producers of electronic music. It sounds a little bit like their old stuff, but it's new enough, so it's not like a ripoff either. Yeah, it, it, has, yeah, it has really a, so good. It has American, like, electronic vibes for sure. Yeah. So it was... It was a, a, like a culmination of a lot of different things that I just love about dance music. And straight out of the gate, I was like, that's five beards. That's just amazing. <laughs> I've had it on repeat just for every day. I'm like, I can listen to this. And I just listened to it for like an hour. Yeah. So good. Jonathan, what did you think? Um, well, I wish the band name would have had one more K in it. also there's a guy it's also featuring y'all didn't mention someone named given with two v's i don't know i couldn't look i couldn't tell who that was online i I didn't find anything on that guy um but uh it was cool it was electronic dancey had a good beat there was actually two tracks that i saw when you sent it to me on itunes one was like um like it just said edit in parentheses next to it yeah and I liked that one way less, so I wish they wouldn't have edited it. Yeah. Um, right. the, the original one was really, had a lot more like instrumentation, less vocals, you know, it actually seemed more remixed. Um, and I liked that one a lot, actually. I did add that one to my playlist, so I, I'm going to give it, I guess, four beards. I, yeah, I got to side with you on that, both of y'all. I, I thought this was a really cool song. What, what drew me in mostly was... Um, how soft spoken the vocals were the whole time. And there's some kind of like vocal effect on there that I thought was really cool. I can't name it, but it it really, it sounded very good. Um, but I liked the dynamics of the track a lot. I liked that towards the end, they really had that build up and, Mm -hmm. and got to tweak with the sounds a little bit and kind of bring it up and bring up the intensity a little bit. And I'm, I'm sitting right at four. I'm going to actually raise it to four and a half beards. So I'm going to be in between Jonathan and Mark. Um, yeah, I dug this song. This was a really cool one. That was good. Yeah. Good ratings all around. I, I, yeah, like I said, I added it to my, my dance playlist pretty much right away. So, yeah, I, I'm not even kidding. It was 10 seconds. I looked at, I was like 10 That's seconds so was awesome. all it took. <laughs> I was just like, Whoa. And it gets it, a lot better. You how happy that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets a lot better. Actually. I, I wasn't actually sold on it probably until about a minute. You know, once it got, more chaotic that was i think at first it started slow and the more chaotic Mm -hmm. it got the more i got into it yeah i'm with you on that one that's i liked that as the song came in they kept adding more things they kept doing little variances here and there but keeping with the same motif and Mm -hmm. taking it to the next level was very cool 
they they kept building, which is like the yeah. mark of a great dance song to me. It's like a song that has a lot of the same constants through it, but you keep adding and building, and it makes the song deeper as you go. And it's That's... and the, you were right about the whole edit thing. Like, I don't like it when an artist like they have a great song and they put like out like a radio edit or another, and I'm like just just go with your first song. Like they always turn the songs into like a shell of itself, you know, when they make an edit, at least in my opinion, a lot it, of times. It, well, it's funny because it just seemed so much more produced and remixed in the, in the other version. Right. The edit actually yeah. sounded more like they put a compressor on it or something. It sounded like not as a uh, powerful in a way. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't like it either. So good call on that one. Um, Mark, what did you pick? I picked, so there was another band I've never heard of before, Press to Miko from Crowley in the UK. And I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. From their new and upcoming album comes out in August, uh, Transmute, the song Gold. And this song, to me, is gold. I was, I, I let this track play through and I was blown away. This has some... Training for Utopia vibes from that episode we did from that really obscure, like noise core band. There's some just like good rock vibes. And then it gets genty and breakdown at the end, which is just brutal. It's it, the, the chorus is harmonic and three. This, this band has like some three part harmonies and stuff. And it. it's mm-hmm. really, really interesting how these guys have built a, their own sound of like noise metal rock. It's very fun, and I am really looking forward to this album because we are going to review this album when it comes out in a couple months. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I'll be I'll be super jazzed to review this. I, uh, you know, Jonathan, just so you know, I we aside from the two picks that we did this week, Mark and I both really like a lot of heavy music, and uh, and and I'm drawn to a lot of that kind of stuff. So, well, if you got to have uh, me back on, man, I'm super down for that. Like, I I, I kind of oh. went like really indie, but yeah. I love, okay, I love yeah. fucking, yeah. Uh, I was jamming Vail Maya and Meshuga in my truck earlier when it was hot as hell, so. <laughs> nice. Meshuggah's yes. good, like, angry summer music. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was pissed sure. off. It, I, my AC's broke. Ooh. Oh, God, that's the worst. Oh, that's the worst. Um, yeah, I had a whole summer one time when I was in college where I drove around and my AC, uh, no, my car, the engine, the temperature gauge kept running into the red. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I could get it to go down was to run the heater. <laughs> and for like two months from like July to September, I rode around with all the windows down with the heater on full blast. And, and you, and you know Louisiana, how it was miserable, how bad that is for you because like the CDC literally has warnings about blowing hotter, hot air, hotter than 95 degrees at yourself. Yeah. That it will actually kill you. It can raise your body temperature to like lethal levels. Yeah. Uh, so that was, and I was, I was listening, but sugar wasn't really a big band then, but it was a lot of like system of a down was getting me oh, through yeah. that time. So, yeah. so I listened to press to Miko and man, yeah. Uh, pretty much the same reaction mark that you had with ghost keeper. Mm-hmm. I had with this song. I re- I mean, I'll be honest. The, when the vocals first came in, I went, okay, I got to settle into this. I got to get into the vibe. As I started to dig a little deeper, I really like that. There's two sets of vocals happening mm-hmm. at the same time. And I don't know a lot about this band. I don't know if there's two singers or if it's just they're tracking it that way in the studio. Yeah. Um, but man, what really got me on this was the last minute of this track 
Yep. Such a fun ending, dude. When they changed up the tempo yeah. at the end and they made it like <laughs> slow as fuck. And I went, yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time the song was done, I had the album added and I have they have two other releases. And I've added both of those to uh, <laughs> my library on Apple Music as well. And I've kind of been just slowly. Now, I don't want to like dive into the deep end of the swimming pool just yet. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so I've been t- kind of easing into it. But what a cool fucking band. I get Muse vibes from hmm. this group a lot in yeah, a lot of ways. There's a there's a kind of theatricality to it. And at first I was like trying to picture like, what is this? What is this reminding me of? I was like, is it Coheed and Cambria? I'm like, no, it's not really Coheed and Cambria. It's not proggy like that. And then when I was like, Muse, I was like, oh, Muse has a few tracks that have like a fun breakdown at the end. Sure. And I get the feeling like it's a three piece, right? It is like, a three. Yeah, a three, it's a three piece. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what'd you think, Jonathan? Uh, I liked it. And actually, I don't know if I if you even knew, Dan, but I did. I was in a bunch of three pieces uh, many, many a three piece. So, uh, to bring like that kind of energy and overall like orchestration, everything sounded like very, it's just, it's math rock heavy. It has a lot of rhythm and all that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really good and I thought it sounded really full. I don't know how to describe it. It it sounded like a, it's actually sounded bigger than a three piece. And, And when you add the layers, I assume that's one guy doing two vocal tracks. Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't look into it at all. But um, yeah, it's cool. It sounds really big. It sounds like a big band. And uh, I'd like to hear more from them personally. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this a lot. I, I thought it was one guy tracking twice. The more I listen to it, though, if it is, this guy's really talented and versatile because it really sounds like that second track, the backing mm-hmm. track, it sounds like a different person. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a different kind of timber on their voice and i was like it's, it's got to be like either the bassist or the drummer or whomever you know oh it could be i don't know and if they well the thing is actually i think if it is two people they sound remarkably alike is what i thought okay that's why i kind of thought it could be one person but um, you know maybe it is two i don't know i don't know but yeah five beards yeah i gave it five too i was yeah, I don't give out a whole lot of fives, but both singles today got fives for me because I was shocked. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it four beards. I, I thought it was just yeah. as good as the last track that we reviewed. It was good. Yeah, we had, we had some. I'm going to tell you, man, this was a overall a really, really fun week for me. Um, so, I mean, starting with the, the Sniggles and then getting into the Strokes new record. Yeah, uh, that I really want to. If it's okay with y'all, I want to dive into that one first. I want to give Jonathan the floor because he he picked this album. It's the Strokes' new record that came out like two months ago in April. Right. Uh, called the New Abnormal. Yeah. And I I know for me the Strokes always felt like that band that was um <laughs> like they were the the band that the cool kids listened to, and I was never quite cool enough to listen to the Strokes for some reason <laughs> in my own mind. And to be very frank, I never really sat down and, and dove into a, a lot of their catalog, um, but they've always been around and I've, they, I know that they've been highly celebrated and stuff. Um, how, have you been a Strokes fan for a long time, Jonathan? Like, how'd you get oh, yeah. into it? How'd you get so, into this record? So Room on Fire came out when I was a freshman in high school. Okay. And I think that's the age when pretty much everybody gets their fucking real roots in music. You know what I mean? 15, 16. Yeah, I, I think that whatever the fuck you're listening to right then, you'll probably listen to for the rest of your life. That's just the way it goes. And um, what's cool about this album, just I mean, first of all, it 
the new abnormal is a perfect COVID goddamn title. They hit it right on the like head, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With best goddamn rock title of the year, but um, it, it, <laughs> but it reminds me a lot of that album of of like that like the songs from that album, like Twelve Fifty One and all that kind of stuff that I remember listening to. Fuck, you know, um, you know, fifteen years ago or whatever. So uh, well, I'm thirty three now. So yeah, thirty eighteen years ago, but. Um, you weren't a, a fan when like last night came out and some of the earlier stuff. It was it was uh, Room on Fire. I think was after that single, right? I think it was the the, the album after that. Yeah, I, think I mean, you're but right. it wasn't what it wasn't a fan. I just remember that album came out when I was a freshman. They they had uh, some of that, those songs on the radio when I was in junior high, and I listened to them. Um, okay. of course, last night. Yeah, it's great. But I'm just saying, like, when you're 15 or you're 16. That's, I think, when you, whatever the fuck you're listening to, especially those two years, right? Like, you're a freshman, sophomore in high school. Those have always been, like, every album I listened to in, that, in those two years have been the ones that have been some of my favorite albums. And, um, like, I just I think it depends on what was playing when you were in, when you were at that age. Cause I'll be very honest, like, a lot of what came out when I was 15 and 16 was like Everclear and Third Eye Line. Oh, well, that's and, fair like, enough orgy and i didn't quite listen to as much of that later on well i just i just assume that that is what became people's favorite shit like oh i'm fucking you know what came out this year the new white (laughs) snake it's the best fucking album i've ever heard best one they've ever done yeah (laughs) so yeah i guess you asked when like but i but i've been listening to strokes yeah since i was a kid since the first album and i've been a huge fan um julian casablanca is one of my favorite vocalists um so yeah I was excited to to listen to it. Let's talk about what your thoughts are on the album. Then the, you know, from, I want to hear first, like, so being a long-term fan of the band from 2003 to now, I mean, that's, that's going on 20 years of being a fan of this group. Yeah. We can say 2000 or whatever. Yeah. Whenever they came out. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of this record in comparison to like their other stuff? No, I think this is a much a much larger return to form. Like I said, this reminds me of Room of Fire. Like there's several tracks um, that are very they're, they're, so they went kind of in a in a way in some of the songs very minimalist, which was something they were famous for. I think popularizing on those mm-hmm. first like two albums, um, and then their guitar player is just insane, so he he can do whatever. Um, and I and I do want to talk about like specific tracks, but. I, I thought this was a much truer kind of the strokes than maybe the last two albums I had heard from them. Um, yeah. And I was really, really fucking happy with that because that's what I grew up on. Yeah. So I have a little bio of the background of the band. Um, they're a New York based band. They're kind of the re pioneers of the revitalization of uh, the garage rock movement, which I, I think kind of gets mislabeled, but it was, I remember when they came out in the 2000s with Last Night, it was like them and that band Jet right. had a song oh, yeah. that was kind of similar to it. And then the White Stripes were around at the same wow. time. And Weezer. So they, and Weezer and, and just really bringing the garage rock to the forefront. And, um, but really, but the Strokes have... Oh, I was going to say, but that's another way of just saying minimalist, I think. I think so, too. And, and yeah, this is, this is just a very kind of let's keep it basic band uh you know two guitars bass drums and vocals and let's just write some good pop pop tracks um a lot of a lot of what i hear when i listen to this reminds me of like old the kinks Mm -hmm. and uh some of the stuff that i like then some like iggy and the stooges type stuff um i this this 
my first impressions of this record were really bizarre because um, musically, I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm not one that pays much attention to lyrics, so I didn't pick up on on like what was being said. But for some reason, uh, this this album struck me and put me in a very strange mood when I listened to mm-hmm. it. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and so I don't know how else to articulate it, except that it made me feel very sad <laughs> and very longing. And it didn't it wasn't necessarily a fun album to listen to but I enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> that makes sense. Like I, I, it was so effective in what I think it set out to do, which was put me in that kind of vibe and, and mood. Um, there's some, and I, and I think it's like the, the way the chords are progressing and the, the things that they're doing. Um, and it, it just, I don't know why it was very captivating I, I for got, me to listen to this all the way through. I, I think when it comes to like you're 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 getting you're just essentially describing the way the fucking strokes sound because uh it, it's it's there is like this melancholic kind of pop to them um where it just sounds like they're on pills you know what i mean <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> and yeah, julian Casa, he was it julian casablanca julia casablanca or, yeah yeah he sounded kind of sedated and, on more than a couple of tracks and uh, which was interesting but he has great range on this album i mean great yes. range he'll go all over the place and and i know you you said you don't really listen to lyrics but i think when you look at the mood and 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 the sound of this album and 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 the and how it is kind of a throwback to their earlier kind of style in my opinion it's also incredibly topical like the first track is called uh or i think it was their first track it was um the adults are talking the adults are talking and track. and it's yeah. a fucking amazing. And when you think of it, this, the name of the album is the new abnormal and we know the pandemic that we just went through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you, and then it goes into on this, on this song called Brooklyn bridge. He, he says, I want new friends, but they don't want me. They're making plans while I'm watching TV. Thought it was you, but maybe it's me. I want new friends, but they don't want me. And, I just can't help but it's just this longing to get the fuck out of the house, but he's he's like, there's a pandemic going on, and I'm, wa- you know what I mean? I feel like it is very, very topical, just knowing when it was produced and written and all that, you know? No, that's a good call. Mark, what did you think? Um, this album made me think of the guy in school that, Whatever artist it was, he liked the artist. So in this case, this, let's say it's the Strokes, because everybody knew this kid, and that's all he talked about to everybody. And then he wondered why he never got any dates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like um, they have. I feel like they have that kind of. Uh, you know the Doors. Yeah. yeah. They have like that kind of cult in a way. They do. And, and, like, and no, what, who's the doors? What, but, uh, yeah, we have a music show. We don't know who the doors are. Uh, what's the <laughs> singer's upstart? What's the, the singer's name again? Um, Jim Morrison. Jim yeah, Morrison. I think that Jim Morrison and Julian Casablanca do have like similar kind of. Uh, uh, what they the fuck? Wear a lot of leather. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah they have like <laughs> they have they have something in in common there. Um, but. I think what you're talking about, there's a restraint to uh, their singing style. Like, like Morrison um, had bursts where mm-hmm. he would really let his vocal range fly, mm-hmm. but a lot of times he was very subdued 
in his singing style, and I get that a lot from Julian Casablancas as well. Yeah, it's weird. I bet. I wonder if there is, yeah, some major uh, inspiration there or not. You know, I'm sure. That's a is. that's a really good thing to point out. Um, that's interesting. I know for me, like, uh, man, this, this this I ended up really enjoying the record all over. The adults are talking. I loved that interplay between the two guitar players uh, towards the end of the track. And some of the stuff like that, that as the album came on, there's there's a even though, yes, yeah, very melancholy, there's there's a playfulness to the instrumentation that I really got hooked on. And the way that they bounce between each other, especially um, there, it's so complimentary what everybody's doing right. in, in this band. This is this is a group that is just dialed in and they know how to be a well-oiled machine and everybody has their part to play and right. they all do it really, really excellently uh, and give each other a chance to kind of shine when it comes out. Well, the guitar player is like literally one of the like most popular, like just catchy guitarist I think of right now. Uh, what's his name? Albert Hammond Jr., right? Like There's Albert Hammond Jr. and there's Nick Valenci. And I think Albert Hammond Jr. is the lead. And okay. I think um, he just fucking is, is amazing. Um, but the single was uh, Bad Decisions, right? That was the one that came out first, right? I don't know. I, That's a good question. I'm I, not sure. I think it was. And, and just to get back to the topical thing, what a great song that came out in 2020 where it's like, I'm making bad decisions on you. <laughs> yeah. Because who didn't was like, I got to go get laid, so... You know, I'll read in, I'll I'll read in between the lines here, and I think that that song's about risking COVID for pussy, you know, or or whatever he likes. I'm not going to assume about Justin. Or... Yeah. Well, here's a here's a fun fact about Bad Decisions. I'm looking it up on their Wikipedia right now. That song was co-written by Billy Idol. Oh, really? Oh, it's totally a Billy Idol song. I'm making bad decisions. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like that makes a lot of sense. That makes uh, a lot of sense. I just read that. And I even, I even checked, I, I made sure it was the Billy Idol, like the white wedding Billy <laughs> oh, Idol. Oh yeah. No, no, I can hear it. In, as, Billy Idol. as soon yeah. as like, you said it, can't you hear it? If you know what I mean? Can. Yeah. That's really interesting that they got him. Uh, the other songs that I really liked were uh, Why Are Sunday So Depressing mm -hmm. was, a, was an excellent song. Mm -hmm. Again, just really great guitar in that one. That's one of the things that captivated me. I loved Ode to the Mets, the closing track on there. I thought was Holy great. Holy fuck, that's my favorite. That's probably one of my favorites, too. That's my um, favorite. But one of the things that caught me was uh, about listening to this was the production of it. I thought was really part of what makes it so good. And the minute I read that it was Rick Rubin that produced it, all of a sudden it made sense. Like There's some trademark Rick Rubin things in here right. where everything is just up front and kind of in your face with the production style. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I picture like whenever he did blood sugar, sex magic, uh, which is, is hands down like the best chili peppers album. Right, uh, right. And the, the way the vocals are just so up front in the mix and dry, everything's such a dry production, really clean, but what you yeah. really clean, not, a, not, not overly effects, not overly compressed, but also very loud. And what you get from that is you get to hear what I think is, is the, you just hear a band, you what? hear a band playing totally stripped down. Like it's in a room that's so that there's no acoustics in the room whatsoever. It's just damp and you hear just the sound playing and that's it. Uh, Did and that's what I love about Rick Rubin. And I think it made this record really that much more of a standout for me. I, I wanted to ask you guys about Ode to Mets because that was my favorite song by them on the album. I think it was very 
like if there was a ballad for this album, it was that. And mm. and you said you like I guess I don't know a lot of your musical taste, Mark, but you like a little some dancier stuff. And it has this crazy off timing intro, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it was right when my edible peaked. <laughs> and and I and I'm like driving through Oklahoma. <laughs> And it tripped me the fuck out, man, because it's like a synth kind of rhythm over like oh, a, yeah. a drum rhythm. And I'm just like, what's going on? It's off timing. And then as soon as it actually starts to meld together, it all makes sense. It was, it was so weird. Yeah. Um, I th- overall, the whole album wasn't my favorite. I don't think it's bad. But the song that did stand out to me was Eternal Summer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a good one, too. I think I wrote it. About what that really one, stood out, the thing... I was for a while, I was trying to figure out, I was like, why can I not get into this as much as I think I should, or as much as I want to, because the music is very well done, very well produced. These guys are excellent musicians and it all comes down to why I like eternal summer and not so much. The other ones, eternal summer has more falsetto vocals mm-hmm. and I just like the sound of his vocals yeah. that way better than when he sings normally. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I couldn't, I couldn't tell you why, but Turner Summers, my jam on this album. It's the most Pink Floyd esque one. For that sure. may possibly be why. It's it's it yeah. has it has a lot of like like Pink Floyd kind of trippiness to it, like psychedelic. I would say it's the most psychedelic maybe track on yeah. the album. Yeah, that that song I I could go back to again and again and again. Yeah, I loved it. I I gotta give this one five beardos. Mark, I'm giving it three. Okay, that's I'm I'm impressed you gave it three. I'm gonna give it four, and the only reason I I'm not giving it a higher rating than that is uh, my only critique of this is uh, while I thought Julian sounds fantastic singing, the the times where he really like emotes a more and and kind of puts more into it and and showcases his range a lot more. He he doesn't do it a lot. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish he'd do it more though. Well, you gotta check out his solo stuff because that's all he does. Okay, then I'm in on it. Yeah, yeah, his solo stuff and actually, Mark, you'd like it probably too because it's way more electronic, synth heavy. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm into rock and like electronic music. I'm, yeah. I'm I like all sorts of different music, but those two are my go-to. He did that song on I think SNL called Fingerless Gloves. You remember that? That was him. Oh yeah, with the Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good example. He like he sings his ass off on that track. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he can uh, he can fucking boombox, sing. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the boombox. It's the boombox song. Yeah. The boombox. Yeah. I appreciate that, you guys. Oh no Hell problem. Yeah, glad you didn't pee your pants. Man, I made my mom pee her pants last night. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a sexual thing. All right, we're back. Uh, so, we're going to leave that in, right? Oh, yeah, we'll leave that stay? in. Okay. <laughs> Dan, what album did you pick this week? All right. It is, it is time. I've been, I've been wanting to get into some of like the range of weird shit that I really like that is unique to Dan for a while, Mark. And um, this, what a great way to rip the Band-Aid off than with Man Man, uh, an experimental rock band from Philadelphia who's now based out of L.A., this is uh, their first record in seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, the album is called Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between. Mm-hmm. 
I've been a fan of Man Man for a while now, ever since I heard, I think it was their 2003 album, Rabbit Habits. Oh, no, no, that's 2008. 2008. Is that eight? Okay, yeah. so you're correct. So before that, they they got popular with, uh, their first record was The Man in a Blue Turban yeah. with a Face in 2004. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Six Demon Bag was really mm-hmm. the album where most people that I talked to about Man Man first heard about Man Man was yep, on yep. that record. Me too, yeah. But for me, it was a little bit later. It was in 2008 when Rabbit Habits came out, and I kind of instantly got hooked. This is a band that, man, they, I mean, man, man. Yeah, they, uh, they incorporate a ton of different instrumentation into their songs. It's, it's really, it's driven by um, uh, the, the, the main principal songwriter and singer, Honus Honus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it but what's his real name itself, i forget i don't know i don't know his real oh name. yeah i have it. i have it here I, don't when... I know his real name because it's probably something like clyde ryan and, ryan katner right yeah see that just ruins <laughs> it i don't want to know that uh <laughs> but man man is is a band that um they're very experimental they they really are just off their leash and they incorporate a ton of different instruments from I mean, everywhere from your traditional setup of guitar, a lot of piano, Honus Honus plays piano mm-hmm. primarily, um, but you get a lot of saxophone, sousaphone, xylophone, marimba, marimba, yeah, French horn, flute, bass, clarinet, oboe, clarinet, bassoon, oboe, horns, everything. Uh, Instruments you've never even heard of. Rotating cast of characters of, of guest uh, musicians coming in and playing with them and stuff. Um, the result, what you get is what I would describe as Tom Waits doing musical theater. Yeah. Marimba. Uh, it's funny as hell, dude, because when you were like, we're just musical show. And I was like, do you know who man man is? I think that was my first fucking sentence to you. Right. Yeah. And you were like, that's who I'm going to review. And I was like, perfect. Perfect. I, I fucking love I've been listening to this record. I started to dabble with it and um, I wanted to do it on the podcast. And yeah, when Jonathan and I were talking, uh, he, he, he let me come on and do an interview with his show booze and news which is on Instagram every Sunday. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, shameless little plug there for anybody listening. Go check out Booze and News. It's very good. It's hosted by him and a really funny comic named Albert DeLeon. Anywho, uh, yeah, when I, when, you, when I were talking and you were like, oh, I like Man Man, and I was like, fuck, you're coming on. Where is that? Like, <laughs> Love them. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah. um, I, will, I will tell you, so uh, with Man Man's catalog, I got, I got really into those first three records that mm-hmm. I just mentioned. When those were around, and then after that, um, I, I personally felt like their later couple of albums, uh, Life Fantastic and On Oni Pond, mm-hmm. started to lose a little bit of flavor, to, in my opinion. They yeah. just weren't as good. And well, in the got- past seven years, Man yeah. Man just kind of fell off of the map for me a little bit until I found out they had this record. And my God, what a return to form on this record to me i'm gonna get into some specifics but i want to kick it over to jonathan and i want to hear what you think jonathan you're my other man man fan so i I don't think i even mentioned but i I, i've only seen the strokes twice um and like i said they're one of my favorite bands but i've seen man man four or five times because they are one of the most fun bands anyone will ever see live uh, I dude, I saw him at Waterloo Records in Austin one time. It was it, just a tiny little record shop, and they had like twelve fucking musicians crammed on the floor of the record shop. <laughs> That's awesome. Playing f- buckets of spoons and shit, and they are just one of the most fun things you'll ever witness. I think Tom Waits on acid is a good kind of de- like description. Yeah, um, 
uh, like if if, a, if like a Zydeco band had sex with a carnival in a record shop <laughs> um, yes. on drugs. It's they're so fucking cool, and I agree. Like first time I saw them was by accident in 2007, I believe. I was going to see my favorite all time band, Modest Mouse, um, and they were opening for them in Austin, and I had no fucking clue who they were. I didn't even care who was on the bill, and I was actually more blown away that night by them and i was like front row and hona honus was right in front of me and he literally threw spoons at me which i have somewhere maybe (laughs) um and yeah i mean they're they're just uh they're an amazing amazing group there's there's really nobody else like them and i do agree that uh well rabbit habits came out right after that and i got super into it because it's yeah. it's it, this album was a lot like Rabbit Habits. Like there was it was yeah. very similar, like psychedelic yes. and Zydeco and Carnival and jazz and blues and rock, like every like a big you know cesspool, but um, not full of shit, full of wonderfulness. And uh, yeah, I just loved. It. I thought it was I thought it was a return to that, like two thousand and eight. It made me. It reminded me like that was college years for me, and like like drugs. And fun stuff, sex. <laughs> Oddly enough, this is this is really weird. I got into rabbit habits and man man like after I got sober, and it still had the same effect on me. So I'm like, I'm, it's it I'm, is I'm, basically drugs. Exactly, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I was like, maybe that's that was getting me through early sobriety, helping to tap into some of that same kind of feeling. Yeah, I think um, so. I would I would think so because yeah, you're, it's it's it is like. You, this is your brain on drugs. Like, it, it, how many genres did they go through? Like, did you have a favorite track? Like, dude, I so I sat down and when I was going through this and I was writing, I I first started to write down. Okay, well, you know, Cloud Nine kicks it off, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. There's some parts of it that sound like Electric Light Orchestra to me. <laughs> um, I started getting into band- songs like Lonely Boys, uh, Lonely Buoys, excuse me. Oh yeah, how I loved everything about that track. But what I what I ultimately found was every song on this record has its own groove. It has amazing production and it has something unique about it that I like. There's overall what really draws me into this record ultimately is every song has different instrumentation to it mm-hmm. and something about it that I absolutely love. I like that they keep the songs short enough so that nothing gets too old. There's so much music in this album it's so musical and there's so much diversity to me without sacrificing things like originality of what they sound like or uniqueness there's this vast array of sounds that you hear and and styles of songwriting on this record but it all sounds like man man Mm -hmm. and what i my biggest walk away i was like i want to listen to this on like a phonograph from the 1800s (laughs) with like the horn speaker that right. comes out of it you know right. like that's how this music deserves to be played is on something like that where you can really hear the cackles of the vinyl the the snap crackle pop kind of sound of it uh, I, I feel like would be really awesome i wrote that down too and there's a record shop here in houston called cactus music i think if, do you guys live you guys know the place right here in town i don't know cactus music okay no. i think that's what it's called um but I'm kind of kicking myself because when I was in there the other day, I saw this on vinyl and I, and I, it was before I'd actually really listened to it all the way. Um, this was a while back, but anyway, 
I want it now. Because I do think it's meant to be listened to on <laughs> yeah. vinyl. I do think that I would sit down, and, and there's like fuckload of songs on this album. How many songs are there? Like 15, it's 16? Ridiculous. Like 17 tracks or and, something. And, yeah. but, but I'm like, yeah, I would listen to that every song in a row because every song is different. It was really a, a, a cool album. Um, I don't know. I, I had some favorite tracks. I mean, I, I thought... Uh, Animal Attraction was fucking weird. It had like this cool <laughs> Egyptian um, kind of chorus with like rhythm. Uh, and I don't know if it was an oboe or a bassoon, but something, some kind of wind instrument. With um, That one was cool. Some jazz mixed in there. Uh, Goat had like great saxophone ballads. And the trumpet like at the end of Goat. Yeah. Um. I think the funniest and like most playful song, which is one of the things that I love about them just in general that they are so playful, was the prettiest song in the world. Yep. I was hoping somebody would bring that up. <laughs> and like That's the, the one that catches you, the lyrics like catch you and you're like, did he just say something about Satan? And then, uh, then they stop the whole song. Well, the, yeah, he talks that. about like jerking off or yeah. something too. And then it's the, part harmony of sucking. <laughs> sucking dick and then it's amazing yeah. but and then it is yeah um that one was super fun Low, lonely buoys was really cool um but i loved the first real track because there's like a little intro the first song is called like dreamers yeah and that's a little intro yeah. but then it goes into cloud nine which i thought just to get lyric lyrical for a minute um I thought was very topical. Like, um, like when he's like the chorus is, I don't want to know if you're living on cloud nine and it was spelt the German way. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's you're living in denial. Right. And then it, right after that, he says nothing ever last. You should have learned this by now. Uh, we're living in a bubble raised on a cloud. Right. And I think that that is all like incredibly topical shit. It's like, you know, we just went through this goddamn pandemic and, and things are, are running out. And, um, you know, we are definitely in a bubble. We've known that for fucking 13 years now, you know. And so we're living on cloud nine in denial. And when that bubble pops, some people are going to wake up, you know, maybe soon. Ooh. I love I love talking to people about uh, song lyrics because. That's if I if I ever pick up on that kind of stuff, it's always dead last to me. I, I just get so swept up in the sonic qualities of what's happening with music or rhythmic qualities of stuff that even when I'm listening to lyrics, it's always just um, it's the rhythm of it. It's not necessary. It's like syllabically. What are they saying? And not necessarily the intention mm-hmm. or the meaning of it. So whenever somebody brings that perspective, I'm, I'm always really grateful for it because uh, I would not have. Well, I think I think I just never would have gotten to that conclusion on my own. I just and, and I could be totally fucking wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> That's I do the know, wonderful part. But I do know that you know, Cloud Nine is spelled the way it is is a play on Cloud Nine, which is about euphoria, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And talking about bubbles and clouds and living in denial. And I just feel like if I didn't know the moment right now, like if I didn't know we were just living in this fucking pandemic and 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 the economy's so god fucked up, you know. I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot. I don't know if that's that's just me, but. Um. <laughs> anyway, just saying, sucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the record a minute ago, I think you're okay. <laughs> um. But uh. Anyway, I just feel like it really hit home, regardless of whether or not that was the intention. Knowing that uh, this time that we're going through, you know, and 
that was actually because of because of the lyrics and that's such a good song to start an album off with um like i can just hear the little chorus at the end i don't want to know will yes living in denial it's bluesy it's fun but there's a there's a lot of like uh i said elo there's there's a lot of moments on this record that remind me of like mr blue sky mm-hmm. uh and and with that kind of stuff mark uh yes over here biting his tongue <laughs> Let, i can gush about this record all day let's let's bring it back down to reality bud what do you gotta say <laughs> i couldn't do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I tried. I was like, I want to. I was like, I know Dan's gonna love this. Dan like is been raving about Man Man, and I just, I was just like, this is just not for me. This, this, this music is the music. Back to the other reference I made about the Strokes. Like Honus Honus is clearly the guy that we all of us could have went to college with, and most people there would like mock him because he's weird and he's eccentric and he's in a band. He's got a big beard and everyone would talk shit about him. Yet he's like getting laid more than everybody else because he's just like on his own other level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say that he's the badass then personally. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, 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 I appreciated the, like the experimentation and throwing in all these other different instruments and everything and being creative. I love it when artists do that, but this just, just didn't do it for me. I think it was when I got to around like uh, on every listen and every time I went through this, this album, which I was probably, you know, at least half a dozen times this week, every time I would get to like the song powder, my wig Mm -hmm. where it gets really playful. And he's like, for me, for you. Uh, mm-hmm. and they had the, the call and answer with the different vocalists. Like every time I would get to that park, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Mark fucking hates this. <laughs> Dude, you know, what's funny as fuck, Dan. So I, I, I tried to review this album like three months ago with Albert and, uh, we did actually review it. He hated it too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't think he actually even listened to the whole thing. Honestly, just to be honest, I don't think he did. Um, and we, well, just all of it, the same way Mark hated it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, and I couldn't love it more. You know what I mean? Like, it's exactly the kind of shit I love, but, um, it was so funny because we were talking about doing like music reviews and we did a couple and this particular one that we did, we got like Mark Zuckerberg and the whole thing got taken off the fucking air, uh, because of like some bullshit meme I posted. But anyway, um, yeah, he hated it. It was what it was, it was what I was just trying to go with it. It's the same, but um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just funny. It's just so funny that that it's it's it, y'all have like the same kind of uh dynamic that we had because I was like, I love this, and Albert was like, yeah. fuck this, <laughs> don't do any more of this. I I that, and that's what I love about doing and talking about music. I knew going into this record, this was going to be a super. This is such a divisive record. This is such. The music's so yeah. bizarre and unique that it's it's love it's, it or hate it, right? Like I think really, I think you have to. Yeah. No, I'll, I don't think you'll ever show this to somebody and they'll go, I kind of like it. <laughs> you know, yeah. My hard reaction one uh, one way or the other. Um, what's cool about getting to do this with Mark and getting to do this with with other guests is when we when we have things that we don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both still like to try to find the value in it. And, and, you know, Mark's, Mark's really good about that. He's, 
hey, you know, like I can respect that they use a lot of instrumentation. Clearly, they're good composers of music. They're they're very well orchestrated and things like that. But yeah. for this, just hits me in the zone. It's got like Tom Waits vibes that I love. It's got theatricality, which I, is always a really big driver for me in music. It's musically complex. Totally queen. There was to it. Um, queen, I mean, queen vibes, like Bohemian Rhapsody vibes. Yeah. Like, like, and that's, that's a uh, queen electrical light orchestra vibes that I get from it. At the same time, I hear a lot of like theater, um, stuff that goes on. So I, this is to me, this is a five beard record. Uh, if I had to rate it, I might, I don't know. I'm, I might bring it down to four and a half because I did catch myself having to on repeat listens, listen to it in, in passages, uh, a few songs at a time and then give myself a break. And so it's really long, but you know, if you get really stoned like I did, uh, yeah, you can do it. Um, I'm going to definitely give it a five. I would say Mark, that if you, I just kind of getting to know your sensibilities a little bit more doing the show. Uh, there's a band that he was in called Mr. Heavenly, Honus Honus. I do like Mr. Where Heavenly he plays piano with uh, the lead singer of Islands, I believe. And um, it's much more rock and roll. So I don't know if you'll like that. More like less experimental. Uh-huh. Um, and also there's a band that I was in called... Uh, Tender Gents, where uh, I sing, and I, I actually sound quite a bit in this vein. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, stuff. Yeah, I'll send it to you. But it's basically, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really like this honus honus kind of Tom Waitsy vein. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Five all around. I fucking love this band. I really do too, man. <laughs> Mark, what would you rate it? Two. Two. That's that's generous. I thought you were giving them a one. But yeah, it's no, essentially it's... a four out of ten. I'm okay with that. That's passing grade. That's a D plus. <laughs> Hell yeah. D's get degrees. <laughs> D's get degrees. That was good. Uh yeah, dude. And I I want I want to come back and do metal with y'all. Cause that we just didn't do really much metal tonight. And I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so down for doing some metal. Yeah, I'm fucking down. But uh if you guys Dan, you gotta come with me to see Man Man. You've never seen him, right? No, no, and Modest Mouse is coming back to White Oak. They always tour with great people. They just announced, so I'm going to try to check out. I've never seen Modest Mouse either. I want to go. Oh yeah, touch. they I always, they always. That's the, that's actually the best thing about them. Because you were saying you like um, Wolf Parade and Sunset Rubdown and all that. You just did it right they on the show. Them. Yep, love them. Love Wolf Parade. Love Sunset Rubdown. Big Spencer Krug fan. I saw them with uh, Modest Mouse. I mean, they, they always have this kind of weird indie shit. And if you're into that, like, I'll, you, you know, you know, you know who to bring with you because I'll go. <laughs> Dude, it's on. It's sold. And if I have some um, chromatics or something, maybe, are you into that, Mark? Yeah, I'll give chromatics. Okay. The next time the chromatics come into town, we can go watch them. Or LCD. Yeah. Yeah. LCD is yeah. probably one of my favorite bands, too. I'll go see pretty much anybody live. Heck, I'll even go see Man Man live because there is something super enjoy about seeing bands live. Unless they're total shit, I'll watch anybody live. Fuck yeah. You brought up Billy Idol. I saw him. Um, <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm only 33, so I saw him, like, fucking two years ago or three years ago or some shit, right before the pandemic. Yeah. And he was old as shit, but you know what? He was fucking fun. I got oh. to go. I did the same thing with uh, you know, that band Quiet Riot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. They came and played LSU when I was in college, and I was like the only person in my friend group 
I was like, I'm going to go see Quiet Riot, fucking Metal Health, and Come On, Feel the Noise. And here's here's the deal. Like, those are their only two songs. They yeah. played those two songs first. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> so and everybody left. That's because everybody had to go home, Dan, who and, was their yeah, fans. It was, But it was it was for, like, a band like that that knows their place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like, we'll give you exactly what you want, and then we'll play the stuff that we want to do. We'll get it out of the way. If you stick around, cool. If not, we don't care. We're getting paid. <laughs> Kiss, like, Kiss was like I that too. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. Did you? I mean, not to go too far segue, but because you like weird music, you know the you said come on, feel the noise. Have you ever you listen to Sufjan? I'm guessing if you listen to Man Man, right? Sufjan Steven. Oh, not as much of a fan of Sufjan Stevens. Uh, come on, feel the Illinois is a fantastic album. I've listened to that record. Um, I've probably it's a, that's been a like ten years old. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. It's, it came out in like around the same time as Rabbit Habits, and mm-hmm. I probably owe it another listen because I remember at the time when I listened to it, I, I, I remember going, okay, similar to Mark, I was like, I know this is good, but it's just not resonating with me for whatever reason. It's so fa- fairly theatrical, I, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling if I go back today, I'd probably like it a lot more. Well, fuck, dude. This is fun. It always reminds me, there was that one skit, I forgot who it was, like Aziz Ansari and a bunch of other guys did some stuff on YouTube, and they were they were pretending to be like a music producer, and the guy was like, wait till I tell Suf Jan Su- about this. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it is, that is, so, so to, to Mark's point, when there's the guy rolling around campus who is fucking everybody hates, his name's uh-huh. probably something like Suf Jan. Sufjan, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it, what's, what's, Tony Fair, yeah. And the girls are all like, it's Sufjan. Yeah. yeah. And the guys are like, it's Bon Iver, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So, um, Dan, what did you pick for next week? Or have you picked anything yet? I have. Uh, so next week, Mark, we don't have any guests lined up. It's just going to be you and me again. Mm-hmm. And since you and I are both uh, Apple Music subscribers and not Spotify. I know the rest of the world's on Spotify, but uh, I want to dive in. Apple Music has a new feature called Spatial Audio mm-hmm. with Atmos, Dolby Atmos Surround Sound, where they're remixing stuff, and it's a very unique way of presenting the kind of music and stuff. And um, they're really pushing this very hard. And I want to do a single that's got. Dolby Atmos, which is going to be an old single. It's it's uh, when doves cry. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do we're gonna do Prince for my Sniggle, uh, but it's got to be the Dolby Atmos version. And then they did the entire album, uh, as I understand it, for the new Saint Vincent record, Daddy's Home, which I've been wanting to review. We mm-hmm. did that single, Pay Your Way in Pain, a few weeks ago. Yep. Now I really want to get into the whole record, and I think it would be a lot of fun to talk about what apple's doing is it is it you know all fluff is there any merit to this i want to hear your thoughts on spatial audio and uh using it with this album i think is going to be a really fun kind of sonic experiment for us cool yeah i picked for the dolby atmos one i picked uh the album 12 questions by future utopia okay very cool so um i already listened to it once through and i was like okay well we have to review this and i'll find a single to pick something in there because i was trying to find something that wasn't the weekend or pop oriented for this (laughs) i'm gonna save my thoughts i i already catch myself wanting to kind of dive into it but uh yeah i'm gonna save my thoughts um all right 12 questions by future utopia i got it Mm -hmm. awesome 
Jonathan, cool. dude, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Y'all have me back if you want. I like I like it. It's fun. Hell yeah. And you know what? Albert will do it too. And he'll he'll agree with Mark and Dan, you can just be the uh you can be the I'm odd man out, record. maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have we it's good to have it's good to have that uh dichotomy. Yeah. Let's do let's see if we have if we can pull off like a co-collaboration and do like a booze and news slash where it's at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And people and no, well, I want to do a fucking uh live show. So we could easily just do a live yeah. And we could easily just half it up. Yeah, we we just set up hundred percent. I got mixing shit. We could just set up with mics and and just half it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. I am so down for that. I can act a fool on stage like anybody else. (laughs) By the way, everyone should go follow thanks for the plug, but everybody should go follow Booze and News on Instagram and YouTube. Yes. Go follow Booze and News. We've got a... we're taking a little bit of a high uh what do you want to call it? I guess a little breaky poo because Albert has had a kid and he's he's adjusting to dad life. So he's we've been taking it chill. <laughs> yeah. He's adjusting to having to learn how to go to sleep sober. <laughs> Which is a that's a I hear a, a one to two year process. Sometimes you never grow out of it. Um so yeah. Uh yeah, so it's you know, we're gonna we're doing that and I'm trying to do more comedy at Rec Room and with Comedy Hub Houston and all that. Hell yeah. If you're in Houston, definitely check out Rec Room. Uh, they bring in a lot of really awesome out-of-town comics. Uh, it's a very cool spot to go check out live comedy. And you can just yes. check Comedy Hub Houston out on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I think we've got some people coming up in June and July. So We just had, oh God, um, dude, what was his name? He was fucking great. Uh, Eddie Pepitone. Yeah. Loved it. Oh, it was so cool. Um, he was fun. Didn't uh, English Matt was on that show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah English Matt's a great, and he, and great he's, comic. Love that guy. And he's coming back in July, and we're going to do his uh, movie show, which we've, we've never done at Rec Room yet. The one that he does with JT. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm super stoked, because I've been wanting to do that for like two years, and then fucking pandemic. But yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So... Anyway, that's pretty much it. You can follow me, Jonathan Fleischner, on all my bullshit. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, or you can send a, the podcast an email at wherepod at gmail.com. So thank you very much, Jonathan, for coming on. Thank you, guys. Definitely want to do some collab work in the future. We will have you back on to do some metal oh, yeah. in the future. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all next week.